Greetings, this is Shane Ross, and this is the Edipe Podcast, Episode 28, Lost in Translation. The Edipe is sponsored by Blackmagic Design, maker of the Decklink HD Extreme 3D. The world's highest performing color correction solution is now within reach, DaVinci Resolve for the Mac. Save money and time during grading sessions with real-time performance and automatic scene detection. Lock a power window to an on-screen object, turn on 3D tracking, and press play. Formerly upwards of $100,000, DaVinci Resolve for the Mac is now available for $9.95. Colorists, get ready to see the world in a whole new light. DaVinci Resolve for the Mac, www.blackmagic-design.com. Have you been in the situation where you've been presented with a pile of interviews and you need to string them out to tell a story? Well, sure, who hasn't in the realm of documentary editing? But what do you do when the people being interviewed speak a language that you don't understand? Well, first off, you'd hope the producers would try to find somebody who spoke that language. But if they couldn't find anyone, hopefully you'll have the transcripts of the interviews translated so that you can see what they're really saying, and with time code so you can see approximately where they said it. I've been in this situation more than a few times. Spanish? Well, I have a good enough grasp of that to be able to follow along or to know the gist of what they are saying, or to know when they start saying what I need to have in the cut, and when they are done, Although when it comes to various dialects, I get lost. And when they are done. Although when it comes to various dialects, I get lost. Once I had to deal with Spanish speakers from Ecuador. They were from a fishing village and had a different dialect from regular Spanish. Many different local expressions and ways of saying things, so I was completely lost. Luckily, one of the other editors had a wife who was from Ecuador. So when I was piecing together the rough cut, I had her in a bay to tell me when to start and when to stop. Now, I had transcripts with timecode on them. Now, I had transcripts with timecode on them. Remember me mentioning that? Well, the timecode is approximate. They add it every 30 seconds or so, or often between questions. Even if we did ask them to be more precise, they are often only every 20 seconds or so. So when I'm needing one sentence or two sentences or half of one sentence here and a half from there, you know, the typical Franken-biting that we editors often do, I have no idea where the exact wording is located. What do you do in that situation? Well, I would just cut in a sentence or two that might match the timing I need and then add our English translation over the top. And when the time came to get the show ready for finishing, we'd bring in a translator who'd help us find the exact sentences we're looking for. We didn't have access to the translators until the very end, when they would come in to translate, and also be the various voices of the original speakers. The other editor and I would cut in people talking to fill in the right time for the translation based on the approximations in the transcripts. Of course, this did lead to problems. When the translator came in and found the exact quotes, it was oftentimes shorter or longer than we anticipated. Or the original translation was slightly wrong, and the current translator gave us the right meaning, so we had to adjust a few things and fix the timing of the cut. No biggie, it all got worked out in the end. But then I was presented with a real pickle, a segment of a documentary series that was shot in a very remote village in China. So remote that they had their own language. Not a dialect, but a completely different language apart from those two main languages spoken in the country. So how this was handled on location was that the translator asked the questions, and then the person responded, and then the translator would tell us what they said. But the time-coded transcripts I received had time-code that reflected what the translator said, not what the original person was saying. So I had no idea whatsoever where the actual wording was to be found. And to make it worse, We searched and searched through many resources across the U.S., but failed to turn up anyone who spoke that language. We had no one to call upon to help us translate in the end. What was I to do? 
Well, I did the best I could to get the actual wording into the project. I would find what the translator said, count how many sentences from the time he started talking until they got to what we actually wanted, and then counted that many sentences from the original subject and just hoped I was right. It did seem to time out well, so we just went with it. We'd originally planned to do the typical thing of having the speaker actually start speaking and then cut in the translation and then let them finish in their native tongue, but in order to cover the issue that we were presented with, we had to start the translation right away and cut away when it ended, masking what the original speaker was saying. Don't get me wrong, this was a huge ethical dilemma for us, the subject of more than a handful of meetings. We did search high and low in the U.S. for someone that spoke the language, and we did try to get a translator from the village on a satellite phone to help us translate, but the delay and the weak signal just made it impossible. So we had to cut our losses and do it the way we did, and hope that someone watching didn't speak the language and get offended. Okay, that does it for this show. Please join me next time for a story from The Edit Bay. Mm-hmm.